we do have some recording issues this week. If, if the quality of this is not per, uh, pristine, uh, I apologize for that. We are going through some major te technical difficulties on our end. We're hoping in the next couple of weeks it gets fixed. We're working with what we're working with now. So on my end, uh, I'm recording this off of Zoom. That's why I probably don't sound as good as I usually do. So if there are audio issues in this, uh, we apologize. And, uh, you know, hopeful, hopefully this will change in the next couple of weeks. So just keep that in mind when listening to this. Listen to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. now welcome to live on four legs the definitive live pearl jam podcast and happy 100th episode we're here it's kind of a it's kind of a milestone we already celebrated two years about a month ago so there's not a lot to celebrate right now so might as well just continue to celebrate some cool stuff on the show and and get to really talk about pearl jam because really it's very important this month this month is so vital to the world and we want to kind of acknowledge that and acknowledge it through Pearl Jam that October is really going to kind of be, you know, in a way our political month in a way that we're going to talk about voting a lot this month. So get ready for that because it, 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 it is what it is as, uh, as the quote has been said. So, um, yeah, today Toledo 2004 was on the Vote for Change tour, and we got some cool things in store. Let's introduce everybody. Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Welcome Hello. to another week of podcasting in quarantine. Episode 100, man. If we were if we were a baseball season, we'd be just past the All Star break, right? That's yeah, just about yeah, somewhere in yeah. the dog days of summer. Yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, no, I, I just want to say too, like, you know, we used, used to say it on the episodes a lot, like whether whether you've listened to one episode or a hundred or somewhere in between, I just want to thank all the listeners out there. Uh, it really means a lot to us that people actually like are into this and keep checking it out, keep coming back every week. So thanks to everyone who who's out there listening. It really means a lot. Yeah, there probably wouldn't be a hundred episodes if we didn't have so many people that have kept up with us. And even if you've tuned in like three or four times like that's to, to know that people are doing that to know that uh you know people are tuning in when we have something to say about shows that they went to like that's important to us so thanks everybody for keeping to come back and i know so many people are just craving that pearl jam content we're trying to at least churn it out once a week for you guys as much as we can. So we have another guest here today. And uh, while it's our hundredth episode, he is vital to the development and growth to this podcast because he was there from the very beginning. I don't want to go into full details, but he was in our fantasy Pearl Jam league that we did that really the show developed from. And uh, I always consider him our first fan. He's been on the show before. He'll be on the show again. And right now, let's introduce Bradley Piasecki. Hello, sir. Welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm uh, always happy to come and uh, talk some Pearl Jam with you guys. Yeah, and we'll talk Pearl Jam. We'll talk a little bit more today, too. And uh, you were at the show, Toledo, and it's just a good it, – it was kind of incidental that, you know, we're inviting one of our longest fans on for the 100th episode. But, you know, you really have been there from the beginning, and when I thought – this is happening October. Toledo needs to be, uh, that's a good 100th episode type, you know, so it worked. And when I think of Toledo, I always think of you because you always talk that, that you've been there. So mm-hmm. this one should be exciting for you to talk about. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was, uh, it was exciting to be there and I'll, I'm excited to talk about it. Let's first, because there is Pearl Jam news from this week. Let's get into that a little bit. Uh, there were some songs that were released. Pearl Jam, was on a compilation called, oh God, if I can get this name, it's something about saving American democracy. Good music, volume two, songs to save the American democracy, I think. John memorized that, you guys. I I don't know how he did, but he did. I'm looking at Uh, it right now. Yeah. Oh, good music to avert, good music to avert the collapse of American democracy. To avert the collapse of, and that's what you need right now. You need good music for that. And, uh, And we were able to get some, and we have, a new Pearl Jam song written by Matt Cameron, a new Stone song written by Stone, and a new song from uh, Def Charlie, which is a weird Jeff Immense side project. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Uh, what did you all think? I liked it at first. I was like, you know, it's got, a, it's got that cool kind of weird Cameron rhythm at the beginning. It's definitely in a weird time signature. So I thought it was interesting for that, but the vocals just kind of hit me as being a little weird. It's got that, it sounds almost like too much reverb again on the vocals or processed somehow. Uh, that kind of took me out of it a little bit, but I think it's, it's got potential. I mean, I hope it, hope they add it to the rotation live at some point. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was good. I only, I've only listened to it a couple of times because, uh, you know, it's only been a couple of days here. Um, and like, uh, as I said, before we started recording as uh, I basically listened to it while driving. So I haven't really got to sit down with like headphones or kind of focus on the lyrics too much, but uh, no, it's, it's good. It's exciting. It's, you know, even though we're only a few months removed from a whole album, it's still always exciting to get new Pearl Jam. 
when when Gigaton came out, I was like, oh, you know, I want to hear all the other songs. I want to hear everything that right. they recorded. And according to Matt's Instagram, they recorded this one in 2018. So that, ha- to me, the first thing that comes to my mind was, oh, they probably recorded this around the same time they did the Can't Deny Me sessions, right? Probably. Yeah, I would think so. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it. I think it kind of, in the middle, it kind of kicks in and, you know, when it, it kicks in and gets into that build where McCready kind of really takes over the song, it's, I, I wanted more of that. I, it just sort of ends and kind of fades out a little bit. And I think that was what a lot of people were saying. The lyrics are a little dense, you know, they, they're written by Matt. So it doesn't have Eddie's full, like grand scale, uh, you know, picturesque kind of of lyrics, but it's they're not terrible. It's not the worst lyrics in Pearl Jam history, but Overall, it's like it's around like a seven, seven and a half. I, I welcome it at a show for sure, uh, but you know, I I don't think it's any song that I'm going to be obsessive over. Um, however, there is a song out of the three that we mentioned that I am obsessing over, and that's the Stone song. Boy, is that is that freaking good! I I really like that song. Yeah, it's it's, it's really good. It's, it's almost so like, stone, yet it's so not. Yeah, it's almost like. It it could have been like a painted shield song. I wonder if it was something that that he had written for that, and then they ended up not using it or something. But yeah, it's it's definitely it definitely it's got that earworm quality to it. That that thing that Stone does, where like it gets stuck in your head. Yep, mm, for sure. And I I thought this my first reaction in the first verse when he's singing, is he channeling like his inner Tom Waits there? What is he What is he doing? Could it's be something. Yeah. It's it's something off the off the beaten path for Stone, who's usually a very delicate singer. Uh, he's he's got some personality in this, and it's it's wild. I really really enjoy it. Yeah, I see myself revisiting that one um, quite a bit as well. So it was it, it, it's a it was a good listen. Again, I'll listen to them both a couple of times, but uh, I definitely will be diving in, uh, you know, more frequently. Yeah, I think there's seventy seven songs on the yeah. compilation. So. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to dig through, but yeah, it was definitely worth the worth the twenty bucks or whatever. There's there's some great stuff on there as well. All right, let's. Uh, we have anything else to uh, to mention this early, or should we? Yeah, wait? didn't we? We, have... we we had our interview with uh, with Ronan Jiveny about the uh, the not for you program, the present tense. I think we we have a uh, we have a little giveaway later in the show, right? Yeah, I'm thinking that we let them suffer a little bit, suffer through us talking about Pearl Jam, which is really not <laughs> suffering at all. And then uh, once we get to late in the episode, we uh, we reveal the winners. And there are two winners, one from our Patreon and one from the universe of Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram all put together. So uh, we, will, we will announce that at the end of the uh, show. So if your name gets called... Stay tuned. So 2004, while things all change, you know, they kind of stay the same. Uh, We're kind of, it's the situation that we're in now isn't quite what the situation was in 2004, but the urgency is pretty much the same. So everybody from names from Bruce Springsteen to Dave Matthews, uh, the Dixie Chicks, REM, like these are big, big names. I think Jay-Z joined the tour at some point. So these are all huge names. And 
you know, Bruce has to get the big cities. So if they're in Pennsylvania, Bruce is getting Philadelphia. If they're in Ohio, Bruce is likely getting Cleveland. And that leaves Pearl Jam to kind of play these smaller venues, Reading, Pennsylvania. We talked about that a long time ago, that show. Uh, I think if you want to go back in the archives, it's like episode nine or 10. But this Toledo venue, Toledo Sports Arena is 6,000 seats. So this is a travel show for you. Yeah, um, luckily it wasn't too far of a travel. It's about three hours from where I live. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, I was able to make the trip in one day, drive out there, do the show, and then drive home that night. So this was the first show I had gone to after joining the fan club. I had gone to a few shows in the Riot Act tour. Um, and as you guys know, once you get kind of a taste for them, you crave more and more shows. And uh, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, after, you know, me and my buddy did, we did three in a row in 03. We're like, oh, we got to do more and more. But, you know, just obviously um, money and time kind of, you know, uh, prevented us from keep going. Um, but so then, uh, you know, a little bit later, they announced these shows uh, early 2004. Or, uh, maybe it was like summertime or something. I'm not exa- I don't remember exactly how far before the show it happened that they actually announced it. But, uh, but since I was a 10 club member, um, I was actually able to, you know, try for it. And um, this was back before the days of the lottery, I believe they sent like a link or as a password or something. And you're just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And, um, um, and I was lucky enough to get one ticket. Um, I was debating between this one and Grand Rapids because they're both about, uh, you know, a drivable show for me. I'm glad I picked this one, um, as we'll get to later. Yeah, and it wasn't too bad. Uh, my one seat was probably the farthest possible straight line distance from the stage. Cause I was in the very last row of the lower bowl. It's only, it's, you know, a small arena. So there's only just the like, kind of, you know, like I said, like a lower bowl, if you picture like a hockey rink and uh, they had the floor seats and I was in the very last row straight back from the stage, but uh, it worked out nice. Cause I was like on the aisle so I could see straight down, no one in my way. And I could see in here. Great. Which is uh, the important thing. Just, you know, as you guys know, just being in the building is, uh, you know, is awesome. Now, did you know that there, there were some presets going on at these? I think he started doing this. He would, it's kind of like a, a thank you to the fans for showing up early. Did you get there early enough to see the, the little ad preset here? I did actually. Um, yeah. Cause I had seen that he had done a preset in I think Boston and then also in Reading. Um, and so knowing that he did that, I, you know, obviously I, I had the whole day off. I was only, you know, three hours away. So, uh, um, so yeah, so I made the drive, uh, got there nice and early and then, and was able to be in my seat for these. And, um, but it was definitely early enough where I was, you know, I was in the building early enough to see them and then see all of the opening acts too. So, so that was really cool. Cool. Yeah. Not bad at all. As far as politically, like we know what the band is at this time. We know that, you know, 2003, they made a pretty big statement when they, they speared the head of George W. Bush on a microphone stand. If you didn't know that they were a political band, they, they made you kind of know, and they kind of fit in to what this tour was doing and what it was about. There were some rumors going around. Neil had done sound check with them and, uh, were there people talking about this either in the parking lot or in the seats? What was, what was the hype going on in, in the arena? Well, I remember, well, so to be fair, I did not know. I did not hear any of the rumors the day of the show or so when he came out, I, 
was completely shocked and taken aback. But uh, but I did hear after the fact that people had heard wow. that he sound checked, and you know there were rumors. You know, and obviously this is this is the day before smartphones and before Twitter and and uh, um, and social media. So like you know nowadays you know something like this happens, it spreads like wildfire back, you know, but back then there was, I mean, there was the message board and everything, but you know, if I'm driving all day, I don't have a, you know, a internet cafe or whatever would have been around back then to go and check the message board. So, um, so I got there and, you know, was completely, uh, you know, oblivious to the fact that uh, I was in for some, uh, a special night. So, okay. then we'll, we'll hold that point then because if, you know, you didn't, you weren't aware of the rumors, then we got to kind of wait for the surprise to sort of develop. So that's, right. that's part of the story here. So I, w- I wasn't sure whether or not we, we take it and, you know, take it from the whole anticipation from the soundtrack. Oh, wh- what is he going to do? What's he going to do? But this is, if this is a complete shock, then we'll save the shock value for sure. when the shock value comes into play. Let's, let's hop into the set then. Uh, obviously death cab, Gob Roberts, they've, they've been joining them this whole entire tour and Ed doing the preset I'm a patriot you gotta hide your love away this is a, a thanks for coming out early. perfect songs to play in this setting the acoustic setting and of course in this setting you're getting the sure as fuck ain't no republican either line from patriot and uh big sing-along on hide your love away so that it felt like it's bringing that was a good way to bring the crowd together real early yeah, that was the and that was the first time I'd ever. And it was it was the slow I'm a patriot too, as as you guys have known and covered them for the Wrigley and Fenway and stuff like that. Uh, um, you know, they do like a, a sped up version nowadays, or I should say, the more recent times it's been played. But this was back in the days when it was just a kind of slower acoustic version, and so it fit in perfect with "You've Got to Hide Your Love Away." And yeah, they were both uh, very very cool to see. I was waiting on him to start the the punk rock acoustic guitar strumming on it though, and and break it out fast. He'll he'll do that occasionally. You know, if if you're in the know here, and you've been hearing the rumors kind of swirling, then opening with Long Road has got to make you think. Wait a minute, uh, they're onto something here. The connection with Neil and Merkin Ball, and uh, playing the tribute to Hero Show, like this is. The problem. This rumor is pretty true. If, if you know, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? But you're oblivious to this. So getting Long Road as an opener is just getting a great song as an opener at this moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I love Long Road as an opener. It's, um, it's, it, you know, it feels really good to see it live. I just for some reason it's just you know it's an emotional song. So it, it you know, I, I always uh, like seeing it. And I thought one thing I didn't remember, but 
um, until I listened uh, the other day again when I went back and uh, you know revisited the show, is I didn't realize that there was so much crowd participation in it um, at the time. But um, but yeah, I mean everybody was singing along through the um, through most of the for a lot of the songs, so that was very cool. Yeah, this one's good. I mean Ed's doing the thing with his voice where he really goes up high for the memories and everything in a couple of lines after that and there's and too we should mention there's a lot of lyric changes in the show and you you come to expect that from yep. them at this time especially with all the political stuff going on right. like we talked about but almost every song has some sort of lyric change it's it's all all through this show um but yeah long road i thought it it usually kind of sometimes it'll build up to that really kind of cathartic ending where that really gets big but this one kind of goes the other way kind of gets quiet end like it kind of they kind of bring it really down and i thought it was great it was got quiet it was it was really kind of kind of nice and pretty at the end i thought it was uh unique and very cool yeah yeah and and just kind of piggybacking off of uh one of your points bradley that you can hear the crowd singing along to this and that's one of the things that really sparked me from listening to this it's a six thousand seat arena it's pretty small so you're able to on the recording and this is a, a crowd source recording. They did not release bootlegs for these shows in 2004. Uh, there's never really been an explanation why, if I had to guess it's because the money for these shows went into, uh, you know, election funds and, and uh, getting people to vote and things like that. But yeah, they, they never, they never released these. So we don't have like, perfect bootleg quality like we do shows in 2003 and, and other times so uh interesting it's very interesting and uh you know what we have here is is really uh, a full great youtube clip so um if you do happen to stumble across this on youtube definitely go and watch this when you get the chance it is pretty good audio i will say the audio is really not bad but uh uh it would be nice if 2004 shows kind of came along in a vault at some point. I don't, I don't know if you guys agree with me on that, but I've always uh, said 2004. Now, now would have been the perfect time. Yeah, exactly. I, 100%. Yeah, for sure. They could have uh, put all the proceeds towards uh, a, a cause that they support, you know, so I think that would have been a cool idea. I think there's a cause that most of us all support <laughs> right now. Of course, yes. It's imperative that we still keep this in mind, and I'm going to probably for the next month keep repeating that and uh if i just because i have to just because i have to yeah. it, it, it's it's part of what's going on right now so just hang me hang with me on here I've, i'll uh, i'll go off the beaten path at some points but i'll get right back on and the way to do that is a little uh 
just freaking energy section with Corduroy, Hell, Hell, and Save You. Mm-hmm. The one thing from this section that really stuck out to me was Corduroy, it has this bluesy solo from Mike in it, kind of like Eric Clapton-style Corduroy. I don't know if you guys thought the same thing, but I was, I was very... I was very interested in it. Like, this is not usually Mike's way of going about corduroy. My, my note from this, I just wrote, made a little just a kind of side note. I just wrote good Mike, good Mike jam on Corduroy because yeah, I thought he uh, he did a you know a hell of a job. It was uh, it was very cool. I didn't really link it to uh, uh, Clapton, but uh, now that you say it, it's I, I can kind of see that. It's uh, it was really good. You you could theoretically link it to one of the guests that comes on yes, later yeah, in the yeah. show too. Yep. yep. Um, we'll tease sure. Oh um, um, yeah, that's really good point. Yeah, but Mike is just bouncing around from the very beginning he's jumping he's doing the leg kicks and he plays that lead part with his head thrown back like he's into it from the very beginning like this is this little section right here he's he's absolutely the focal point of, of visually for the band like and he like you said it's a it's a great solo it's like a like a throwback almost 70 style guitar solo on this which you don't usually hear so yeah corduroy uh great version very unique and uh great great way to start you know you can't complain getting long road into corduroy to start a pro right. jam show absolutely never and i think what was that last week or was that no that was releasing the corduroy so hey same same kind of same kind of yeah. concoction right yeah. there just get it all emotional to start and then, then kick it, kick it in the high gear right away. I'm, I'm into this. And uh, of course, something like save you a holdover from the riot act era. Uh, there are out of the album songs, riot act gets the most play on this show. There are four riot act songs, but it's really the covers of course that, uh, that take the bill as yeah. we'll get into. And uh, actually let's, let's talk about a cover right here. One that we really don't get to very often because it was during this tour that they were playing it. It's called American and Me by The Avengers. Thank you. 
not one of these covers that I'm, I'm clamoring to bring them back in an election year this year if they were would have played. I would have never said, hey, bring American and me back. It, it's fine, but, you know, I think this one kind of sticks around in, in 2004 in my mind. I'm so excited to talk about these punk rock songs because yeah. the the Avengers, like, yeah, it's Penelope Houston. It's female-fronted punk band from the late 70s in the san francisco bay area they had kind of a comeback in the late 90s they had like an album on lookout yeah they they like played with the sex pistols i think back in like 77 or something so this these little punk rock songs like we, we get a couple here they also did a germs cover i think in in boston maybe they were doing uh the new world by yeah. x like, these actually had a lot to do with me getting back into Pearl Jam around this time because Pearl Jam's doing Avengers cover, Pearl Jam's doing a Germs cover, Pearl Jam's doing Dead Kennedys, like Pearl Jam's doing X, like okay, I'm I'm paying attention now. Like so I, I love this. And and really when I think of and that's a great point, just bringing up the punk universe, because when I think of two thousand four I think, uh, and I talked to you about this, Bradley, uh, a little bit, just the Rock Against Bush albums that Fat Mike put out for Fat Records. And I loved those albums. And every single punk band that I was into at the time, from Lagwagon to uh, No Use for a Name to Dropkick Murphys, Less Than Jake, there's almost no stinkers in the bunch. Yeah, this was the year of American Idiot, too. Let's not forget that. That was a huge album. That's true. Right. Uh, Okay, we get hear a combination of some riot act songs and wishlist crop duster i am mine into wishlist and wishlist is really the standout of the three Just hearing the lyrics that are coming out of his mouth during this is just, I didn't realize what the date was for this election. I'm going to guess that November 3rd was the day after the election, that November 2nd was the election that year. So hearing him say November 3rd, I'm just like, what's going on here? Is this a ghost? You know? So it's kind of, it's chill inducing and it's important for right now that it's sort of saying what was important then is is still really right here and right in our in our hands to change. Let's talk about Wishlist too because we've I kind of mentioned like the sweet spot for Wishlist is like 98 to 2003 and this is kind of the end of it being a 
like a highlight song. Like he was, he was doing that. I wish I was the president improv at all these. It's like tying it into the cities and the election and some really good stuff. And the Ed solo is great. And the, the pacing of it is really good. But after this tour, like it just kind of fell out and like it, it just never really had the same impact. It, they never really, it never really hit as hard as it did. And in, in, in this five or six year section here. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that really stands out to me is that just this extended jam that they're doing at the end, and that really feels to me like the one thing that connects it with the 98 versions. And after that, it, it sort of turns into just, all right, let's, let's, let's kind of let's ride through it like we do the other songs. Let's, let's kind of play it. We're playing State of Love and Trust at a certain pace. We're playing Wishless at a certain pace now, and it kind of just changes, and it becomes that. And it's really... It's not really a fun live song anymore that's like, you know, you don't get the disco ball that you used to. You don't get really much more jamming. You get a little bit of improv, but not not extended that much. So, yeah, like this is probably one of the last really, really good versions of Wishlist. We're not going to mention the, the little MFC, yang, 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 and Crop Duster. <laughs> catch that <laughs> i didn't I even didn't, I, didn't, I didn't catch it either that's funny though yeah, it's at the end yeah and and i am mine too i think i had kind of a realization on this listening to i am mine because we talk about it and i i kind of feel like it's it's a song that had so much life potential but it's never really like taken off like some of the other ones have i think i was listening to it because i'm just always waiting for mike to just go nuts and just go off the rails and take it to another stratosphere like he does with with a black and with an even flow and with a some of these other songs but like he always just kind of does the album solo and never I'm, i always want him to just break loose and and take it somewhere really special and he never really does i think it's that's a reason that, that song never really has taken off and connected the way that some of the other ones do yeah that's that's a really fair point it just kind of it stays pretty neutral to what you know yeah. it as. And, and sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes you just kind of need that for your people that kind of tune in, tune out. It's, it's one of those songs. I think, you know, the pace of it is really important that people can sing along. If it's an emotional moment, like we did a couple weeks ago with Sal Palo, then you kind of need to, to play into that, even though that was a little bit faster. Uh, but there have been other situations where that's been called for. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree. It does. It doesn't really, really change up from what it necessarily was on the album but however in some cases i guess it does doesn't need to yet it also hasn't become this massive massive hit amongst the crowd uh you know you see the people that do have the lyrics tattooed on them and it is a popular song to a lot of people Ed jokes a little bit here. You know, I know we've been to Ohio, and I also know that we've never been to Toledo. That is false. They were there in 1996. And I know I've never smiled while wearing a Speedo. Now that I've got your attention. Might as well get it over with now, because some shit is going to happen here tonight. Uh, when he says this, what's on your mind? Uh, to be honest, I kind of, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I, you never know what to expect at a Pearl Jam show, you know? So I just think that like, oh, maybe they're going to play long. Maybe they're going to, 
you know, bust out something, you know, like a, a rare B side or something, you know, it's like, you never know what to make of it when they, um, uh, cause they get so many different tricks up their sleeves that they can pull out that, uh, you never really know. And I just, I hear something like that. And I just, you know, get even more excited than I already am. So, well, this is all Pearl Jam section right here. Later on, it will feel really like that's the big part of the show. That's the show right there. So this is kind of like, this is the undercard later we get to the main event. So he talks about the, the Ohio thing, like the 4%, you have 4% of the U S yeah. population, but you lost 25% of jobs. I'd just like to get this out of the way. There was something in uh, your paper and I can't believe this statistic. Couple statistics and then back to songs. Here we got your ear. Yeah. And actually before I even, you know, since, we do have your money and it's going to a good place. I just want to thank you for that because I know it's not easy to come by these days. So we're not going to waste your hard-earned money on statistics, but this one is real simple and real quick. But you've got 4% of the whole United States, 4% of the United States population, is here in Ohio. That's a proud 4%. And then this is shocking to read that you account for 25% of the jobs that have been lost in the last four years. That's staggering. And, and, you, and, and this is a swing state? saying like oh you know why is the state even in even in contention if, right. if things are that bad like i remember that being kind of a, a thing that people pulled out of this and like went back to that that was one of the quotable ed quotes from this whole tour yeah yeah i would agree with that i, I yeah going back and listening and you know as soon as you started saying it it's like i said yeah like you said it kind of sounded like it sounded very familiar and it's like oh i knew that yeah like they chopped it out or used it as on something on the radio or on wherever but yeah i remember uh hearing it you know, more than just the one time live. So, I mean, it's important because I think that, you know, now we're kind of dealing with similar situations that you have to see in the same kind of States like Ohio and Wisconsin that we're talking about right now that, Hey, a lot of people are out of jobs and, you know, the guy that's, that's flaunting that he's created so many jobs really has not created those jobs. And you have to be thinking that in those States, this is going to be another very, very important factor on where the election this year is going to be balanced. So, but we do get Better Man and I Believe in Miracles and Even Flow all in this little area. Uh, Better Man has great crowd participation.
very straight up. We've covered Better Man for like three straight where it's had no tag at all, which uh, it worked in those situations sometimes. And I thought it worked really well in this one. Miracles was really good. You know, when Ed does the bye-bye birdie thing for Johnny Ramone. Not even a month mm-hmm. after he had passed away. So yeah, it, it sounded great. And again, you're hitting like you're getting a short set, and like we talked about, you know, they're they're not able to play the normal time that they're playing. So yeah, you got to you got to throw in those hits when you can. And yeah, you hit him with Better Man, then you throw in the Ramones cover, then you come back with Even Flow. And and again, we talked about it on on Corduroy. Just Mike absolutely bouncing off the walls on his side of the stage there. Just the solo is incredible. And then Ed throws in the, the don't vote Republican when that, that last section kicks in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just even flow is just fantastic. You just keep the camera on McCready the whole entire time. And he's in 2003, 2004. I think these are some of his best performances of the song where he just takes it to a level that you didn't think he even had in him. I think around this time you start getting the McCready that's, confident that is showing that he is really belonging among these rock gods that we see like Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix and uh, you know all the other amazing guitarists that are out there he like it feels like for so long he was very shy and you know he, he would just kind of let his uh, he, he would let his playing do the work a little bit but his personality wasn't quite making it to the stage but really 2003 he he kind of breaks out and uh and really becomes the mic that makes the show now nowadays well, yeah i think he was he was sober he was he was getting the the crohn's disease under control so he, he was maturing like as a as a human and that's only going to show in in his music like he was finally i think letting more of himself out this is when he became the you know, that's everybody. Oh, you got to be on Mike's side. You got to be on Mike's side. Yeah. Everybody wants to be on Mike's side. You know, this is all when that started. Yeah. I, I, even I, I've said the same thing about that. I just, or, uh, you know, thought to myself, I should say uh, that, yeah, even flow was, uh, it, it stood out really well. I mean, I, I, you know, I know a lot of times people use it like, oh, that's the bathroom break song. And, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I've heard so many versions of it, but this one really, it, it was really good. And, you know, Mike was uh, the probably the main reason it was so good. You know, even there's little vibes of, you can tell like when he's channeling certain guitarists, like there's a little bit of Carlos Santana in there where he's doing that, and he's kind of holding it out a little bit. It kind of sounds a little bit like the Black Magic Woman solo. There's a lot of Hendrix because there's always a lot of Hendrix, but yeah, he's, he's mixing and blending in so many of the great rock and roll just geniuses. Just works so well for just his 
his style and and what he contributes to especially to songs like even so fantastic and yeah this is this is really the era for it dead kennedy's this is this is one for john i'm a big dead kennedy's fan too uh i freaking love this song and it's one of pearl jam's most underappreciated covers that they'll ever do no one is asking for them to play bleed for me except for people in this conversation right now <laughs> because I, I i i don't think that people are asking for this one to come back but i would freaking lose my shit if they did this at a show you know whether it was this supposed to be this year or, or later on bring this one back 100 percent. i'm in oh man the lyrics are so good it's it's fits in perfectly with everything that's going on it it could have been written about the bush administration or the trump administration or anything like it's 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 100 percent. I, I gotta say like musically they it is they are not the dead kennedys like stone does his best <laughs> east bay ray impression but he cannot do the the surf guitar like east bay ray can back in the early 80s like he he does his he does his best, but it's more for the for the lyrical content, not not the music musicality of it. But you know they would they would go back to it a little bit on Mind Your Manners. That that's kind of the Dead Kennedys homage that we talk about. But yeah, this is oh this is a great cover. I love that they did it. Yeah, it was it was awesome. It was really good. And then they finished off the set with Alive. Alive is usually like on point, tight. This just has it's all over the place. We don't really have to go into it further but I, I it's something i noticed from the song that usually doesn't happen yeah I, I would agree with that that's uh yeah and it's uh you know because i think you know i i guess even at this time there wasn't they didn't always save it for you know the bread and butter spot i mean obviously this night they really couldn't um but so if they were gonna if they're gonna play it that's just pretty much the one spot they could play it in or the best place for them to play it in yeah it did feel like it it was missing a little energy at the beginning but when the, when the crowd you know, kicked in in the solo and took it at the end there. It picked up and it was it was a nice ending to the set. Yeah, and and really it's kind of, it's one of your last originals that you're getting from the night. And while you don't know this at the time, uh, you kind of have to take it all in and, and you know, they, they, they leave the stage and say, we're not going anywhere. There's a lot, there's a lot to do. You know, that's, that's in with the story a little bit. So you're still oblivious. You don't have any, any questions. It's not like, hey, Who's going to show up? Or hey, maybe it's rare songs. Like, what? What do you think? Not really sure. And you know, you see him setting up some chairs. Uh, well, I guess later you kind of see some more chairs and everything. But uh, but knowing that they had done some um, acoustic stuff in the previous shows, I was kind of just you know again thinking, oh, maybe we'll get something different, or maybe an acoustic version of 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 something or whatever. But otherwise, I really didn't have anything. Uh, you know, like I I. I never would have expected what would end up happening. So I could say that for sure. Hold on that point for just a second. <laughs> we are at the encore now and we've kind of made this tradition in the encore that we talk about Patreon during the encore. So that's what we're going to do right now. A couple of weeks ago, you guys might know that my computer went to shit when I knocked a beer over the, uh, over the laptop right now, like kind of in dire need for a little bit of, of funding for, uh, some, you know, just help for the podcast and, uh, getting equipment. And, uh, that, that's going to be very important. And I just want to thank everybody for continuing to contribute to the Patreon because that's, that's going to help us moving forward, I hope. And, uh, yeah, hopefully enough of that can go into fixing the podcasts. Uh, we haven't had a situation happen like this in a while. So, you know, 
I hope everything is going to be okay. But, um, you know, if you want to help contribute to the show, patreon.com slash live on four legs. We have different tiers, a dollar tier, a $5 tier. I'm actually going to ask Bradley, you've been a patron since the very beginning. So tell everybody what it's about. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, you know, I really enjoy your guys' content. I, you know, as you said, I've been there from, you know, from the beginning and um, I almost, I listen to pretty much almost anything you guys will put out. It's just so fun to listen. And if, you know, if all the other fans out there, if you guys like listening to uh, these two talk about Pearl Jam, there's a lot of content. And I think that the, by supporting the Patreon, it helps you guys do that. It, uh, and you guys put out so much more for the people that contribute to the, uh, the Patreon. And it's, I would say every penny's worth it. And, um, you know, I, I encourage more people to, to do it. And I, you know, tell some of my buddies who are even some of my Pearl Jam fans to at least listen to the podcast and maybe uh, if they enjoy it, throw them up, you know, throw you guys a buck every month. So um, I, I definitely, like I said, I think it's, it's, it's worth every penny and I encourage people to do it. Oh, thanks. And thank you for that. And, and really a dollar goes such a long way. And, and what you kind of get in, in return is, you know, like basically what the the difference between the dollar and the $5 tier is really, you know, while you get an episode request, the $5 tier, make sure that you get it earlier than you would on the $1 tier, but everything else you get is the same. You get a chance to do set list wraps. You get a chance to uh, listen to evolution and bridge school episodes and uh, just be involved in our community because we're continuing to build and build and build. So uh, uh, there is a new patron for this week that we need to thank and spotlight right now. John, would you like to thank him? John Cartmel joined up on Patreon this week. We thank you so much. We, I think we've gotten in touch with him. We, we look forward to hearing back. And uh, we thank all of them, for, for, like you said, for continuing to support the show, especially this year with everything else that's going on. We... We definitely like we we thank all of you from the bottom of our hearts. I, I like that you give us yeah. give us fans the opportunity to participate, whether it's the set list drafts or picking a a show. And, and you know, if someone doesn't want to, you know, they're you know they're shy. They just just like to listen. It's still it's still a nice thing that you guys offer. And I think you know I can't thank you guys enough for letting me be a part of it today and in past times. And um, you know, uh, again, like I said, that's uh, you know from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for you know being around. It gives me something good to listen to. I enjoy it and. Uh, and, and it's cool to feel like a, you know, part of a community and part of something special. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Cause I think that, you know, with most of our patrons, we've, we've gotten this connection where we've been able to, to make friends with a lot of people and, and even there are there that, uh, that donate that I'm always, I'm trying to get in touch with a little more and, and, you know, get to know a little bit about a little more. And, and if I haven't done that for some of you guys, I, you know, that's something we need to do and always write into us like that, that goes a long way too. Like we'll always respond and we always want to get clear feedback of, of what you're, what you're listening to and what you're interested in right now. So I'll give the email live on four legs, the number four live on four legs podcast at gmail.com. Uh, just shoot us an email. Tell us what you're liking. Tell us uh, if you're, if you're digging the political stuff this month. All right. I think that is good for Patreon, patreon.com slash live on four legs. If you'd like to contribute, uh, we are in encore number one, and this is full on acoustic set right here. You get Thumbing My Way, you get Elderly Woman, and you get Black. And these are, to me, all all fantastic. And I think the best way to put it 
is you didn't want to come out the gate with stuff like Go, with stuff like Given a Fly, with stuff that is, you know, going to get the crowd in kind of a rambunctious mode. You wanted to sort of cleanse the palate a little bit. Yeah, they, they basically gave everybody a cool-down period where they still got to see a good show. You know, they got to kind of relax a little. And, um, you know, it's almost, I don't say commonplace now, but, you know, now nowadays they do, a, you know, usually on their first encore, they do a couple slower songs, a couple uh, maybe even seated. I've always enjoyed that part of the show. I think it's kind of cool because nowadays they bust out some rare stuff or some some interesting things. Um, and even back then it was cool. Um, you know, Thumb, Thumbing My Way was really good. And, and like you said, they, they, you know, there were just some good sing-alongs uh, for everybody. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good way to for them to like play some songs that that they normally you know wouldn't get a chance to play. Like like thumbing my way probably doesn't have a, a place in that main set, you know. And it, and this this is it's a chance for them to kind of spotlight some of those lesser known songs. But yeah, I love it. Thumbing my way is great. A small town, absolutely. We talk about the crowd again. We talked about it on Alive and and Even Flow and Better Man. Like crowd, absolutely takes a small town to another level but yeah black is the one for me like before we get to the needle section like the the black is nearly 10 minutes long like mike is sitting down at first and then he just like stands up throw like the chair like falls collapses to the floor like fuck the chair and he goes off and and goes off on his solo is the highlight here but before we get to the the last section 
Oh, for sure. And and there aren't a lot of shows where you're going to go through and say black isn't a highlight. And, you know, remember, you're getting this in more of the acoustic setting, too. So Stone's playing on acoustic, Mike's playing on electric, getting both of them together uh, and mixing it up. And it feels like you're getting something even more special than you would get on an even a normal night with black when when you get it just stone doing regular electric like they this is this is one that they're not afraid to change up you said before with i am mine like you got to change it up a little bit you gotta you gotta figure it out but black they seem to always want to do something more they always want to get intact with some more something more emotional they always want to to find it within them and and really i think it always is it just happens it it whatever they're feeling at that moment kind of turns into something beautiful and and whenever mike is doing well sounds i think you know from that point that something emotional is going on and then something maybe deep down inside him is 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 really hurting and really reeling in pain so um whether or not he's painful here the pain is about to numb and this transition from black into what's about to happen is a little bit long so yeah yeah so did did you think that this was the moment that something big was going to happen it it felt like the crowd uh, you hear in the bootleg a little bit you hear one woman say neil neil and you hear some people kind of know what's going on but for you, you you're you're just waiting for this so what's is this the moment you're thinking yeah so yeah i remember thinking that it's they it like like it seemed like a premature end to the to the encore because it kind of like the stage kind of went kind of dark a little and i and i was you know again you never really disappointed a show but after only three songs it's you know you're kind of scratching your head thinking like all right what is going on what's you know uh you know especially it's 13 songs in the main set that's right not a lot exactly exactly and, you know like i said i'm you know i'm happy to see anything but at that point it's just kind of like all right well they still got some time left i don't know what's going on exactly and um i will say and i don't remember exactly if it was during the encore break or maybe during like you know thumbing my way or elderly woman or something but um the, whoever i was sitting by like you know complete strangers um they they were uh, passing around something that uh, definitely was not legal in Ohio in 2004, and they offered me a little, and uh, sure, I thought, sure, why not? So when the moment actually came and they introduced uh, Peggy and Neil Young, I legitimately had to like, you know, obviously you get a little paranoid doing something like that, but then on top of it, I was paranoid that was this laced with something? Am I imagining things? Am I like going, you know, crazy here? It, I like, legitimately, I, I, no joke was like questioning my sanity at that point because I grew up a big Neil Young fan. My dad is a, a big time Neil Young fan. I've seen him uh, 10 or 11 times. I've, I, you know, um, you know, even up to this point, uh, well, I had said that I went, went to the three shows on the uh, Riot Act tour and legitimately the day before I saw Pearl Jam in Chicago, I'd seen Neil Young in Chicago and I, I kind of hoped, you know, oh, they're both going to be in Chicago on back-to-back nights. Maybe uh, one of them will join the other on stage and they didn't. And so I was like, you know, not disappointed, but like, oh, they got their own tours. They got, you know, whatever. And so for a little over a year later, for something I was kind of hoping for to actually happen, uh, 
blew my mind. Uh, I, 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 you know, I've seen some really good shows. This, I mean, this isn't like my favorite show, but this might be my favorite moment of any show I've ever seen. It's just, uh, it just, it means a whole lot to me and it was just so cool. And, um, uh, especially for harvest moon, um, I'm, I'm getting married in a couple weeks here. Um, you know, even through a pandemic, we're still getting married and our first dance is going to be to harvest moon. Um, that's how much the song means to me. So seeing yeah, it, fantastic. seeing them do it, um, it was just, it was, uh, incredible. You know, I, I don't know what, how other else to say it. It was just awesome.
I it's a goosebump moment. The crowd is absolutely roaring. Everything about it just had just chills down your spine. And Peggy out there too. That's massively important looking back on this uh, that you can't really discount, you know? Right. To just to see them on stage together and know how much it meant for Ed and, and Ed really soaking all of this in, especially later. Uh, it, it meant, I think it really meant a lot to, to him to just be in this moment. So Harvest Moon though. Oh man. I, I go so far back with the song. I go back to 92 when, you know, my mom would have this on in her car and my mom doesn't change her CDs in her car ever. And, uh, it would either be this or it would be wildflowers. And, uh, and I just, I, probably had listened to every song off of Harvest Moon about like 600 times and I don't get sick of it. I love it. I actually just bought it on vinyl and uh, I freaking, I can't get enough of this album and the song just kind of gives me just positive feeling and vibe. And, and when listening to this, I couldn't, I could, you know, holding back a little bit of like the emotional tears to seeing both Neil and Ed played at the same time like that. That's not a thing. You guys like that doesn't happen. This is the rare among the rare moments from Pearl Jam's history. Yeah. It's, it's such a nod to, to Neil too, to give him the spotlight in this encore and say, Hey, you know, guys, here's, here's, here's a treat for the fans. Like here's something you weren't expecting. We're just, we're just going to give the spotlight to this guy and let him, let him do his thing. And he, and I mean, they, God, they, I mean, Harvest Moon is such a sweet song. It's, it's such a good way to intro and the whole thing. And like you said, Ed, Ed and Peggy just sitting doing the background vocals. It's, it's another thing. We always talk about how just Ed's adorable. He's totally in, in his element right there, just hanging out with his aunt and uncle there. Just, he was on cloud nine. You could tell he totally steps back and lets Neil take center stage on these. Yeah, for sure. He really does. And that's actually a really good point that I want to bring back for Bradley at this point point is there a turning point in your head and maybe like when you think back on this and maybe not in that moment specifically but does this really turn a pearl jam show into a neil young show for you uh you know it i want kind of you know what i mean like it like it really does because the last what a third of the show i mean by the actual raw numbers it was only like four or five songs or whatever but but you know they're longer songs and so it's the last quarter sure. it's a third of the show is you know it really is like you know neil is the killer is one of the longest songs ever yeah right and so it's like you know um so it really was like yeah like two-thirds pearl jam show one-third neil young show and um one of my dream comes true uh i remember after the show uh i immediately like from the parking lot called my dad at home to tell Tell him, hey, you know, I'm I'm leaving now, so I'll be home in a couple hours. By the way, guess who showed up, kind of thing. And uh, um, yeah, it just, it, you know, yeah. like I, you know, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, I said, you know, like this might not be my favorite show of all time, but it's probably one of my favorite moments I've ever witnessed. It's just, just the whole the whole part of it was just so, you know, surreal. You know, Pearl Jam opened up for Neil Young. Essentially, that's that's yeah. what this is to me. This feels like that's what this is turning into, and and that's what it makes makes it so unique and so important uh, in in itself. And and really, the songs and the choices of songs are so so important and so perfect for this. So yeah. dig into Encore too. All along the Watchtower opens up the Encore. This is the first time the band had ever touched it and 
what dawned on me when they're playing it is this is Neil Young's version of All Along the Watchtower. When Pearl Jam covers it, they're covering Neil Young's version of the song because it's exactly the same. This is Neil Young's song. And it's such a weird thing because Watchtower has so many different variations from Dylan to Hendrix to Gordon Lightfoot to uh, Dave Matthews Band. Everybody that anybody has done this song. So it kind of almost becomes original to them, even though it was written by Dylan. So this version feels original to Neil Young. And when Pearl Jam covers it, they're really covering a Neil Young song today. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's exactly, this is like, right, because, you know, like you said, there's so many different versions of it, and just the way they played it and the way they've played it, you know, since um, has been, yeah, just like you said, like Neil's version of it, so to speak, and uh, and how they've and how he's done it. And it's interesting, too, that you mentioned it was the, the debut, basically. They, they kind of started off with a little bit of a jam, like now they just kick into it, but this one kind of, they right. feel it out a little bit at the beginning, like Ed's just kind of looking around, like waiting to make sure like, okay, like how's this gonna work? When are we gonna kick into it? And it's, it's almost kind of tentative at the beginning, but yeah, then Neil and Neil and Mike get into it and they, they, they start going off. Oh, this is great. I mean, like future performances of this song like they kind of they rock out on this and and they they make it a moment and it's a party moment but man this is this is something real special to see neil and jeff and mike in that little circle just doing their thing and, oh, and really neil capturing the moment is oh neil's doing his quintessential like, like his stomp and his rocking back and forth and like he's doing yep. all the neil young stuff yeah mm-hmm. yep Oh, it's it's so perfect and you know it, it goes back to just like Ed being able to to just kind of take a back seat to this and really you know watch his own show unveil before his eyes and you really see that he he isn't you know while he usually kind of goes up to the mic and maybe in, in most situations would sing with Neil he's kind of just letting Neil take over and and that's that's the great thing about this is that Ed is able to make it happen you know yeah I, I, I just yeah it's very cool of him I think he just kind of showing the respect but also just because like you said like you know he's well, he's a fan too so he wants to watch and enjoy it and I think it's just you know he just kind of lived in the moment as well 14 times they played it and this is going to tell you how important the song is within the legacy of Pearl Jam we cover usually pretty big shows on this show within 100 episodes we have covered 9 of the 14 performances along the Watchtower believe it or not how incredible is that that's nuts definitely that is uh, yeah I know know me and John were at the same show uh, in Charlotte when they played this yeah yeah before we knew each other so (laughs) We have three more songs left, and they're all fantastic and need their time. And uh, So this is important here. Going back to the band and the relationship with Neil and the collaboration that they did back in 1995 with Mirrorball, Act Love shows up on this, on this stage, and that's immensely important. It had been 175 shows since they had played the last time they played it, Believe it or not, was the Constitution Hall show in D.C. in 98, the Voter for Choice show. We'll be doing that as a part of this month, as a part of this political month. And yeah, he's just 
he is just owning this is almost you can see it in his eyes he's falling in love with this song again as he's playing it i really felt that from this yeah, I, I got I got that sense more in rewatching the video than uh, you know at the time. Uh, but it was yeah, it was you could just tell they were just having a blast, and it was you know a lot of fun for them. It was a lot of fun for me and everybody else in the audience. And you know, I just remember when when the you know the the first you know the song started. It was one of those where like I recognized the song but couldn't place it just yet because you know I recognized it as one of his songs, and it wasn't until again just like all along the mm -hmm. Watchtower where when the lyrics kicked in that I realized oh. Oh man, they're they're pulling out you know uh, the mirror ball stuff here, which is you know very cool, obviously, like you said. So, but it didn't even like really dawn on me at the time that like, oh man, I wonder if they're gonna play mirror ball, you know, because you know they did a Neil song and they did a cover, and at that point it's just you know like everything's thrown out the window and any you know anything's possible. Yeah, and then you get Ed and Peggy on backup vocals off to the side of the stage, just again, just adorable. You know, they're they're so they're so and cute over there. Did, could you see them from where you were, Bradley? Did you, I could see them, but I, I, yeah. I mean, I was you know far away. This little people kind of uh, you know on the stage. Yeah, the sub headline. Uh, there's a wild Peter Frampton that just appears on stage, <laughs> and he's sort of, you know, that's that's pretty big deal to get Peter Frampton on stage too. Uh, <laughs> and and Mike has to kind of in between songs be like, guys, it's Peter Frampton. Did you notice? No, I, I mean realize I. I noticed there's another guy out there, but I couldn't tell from far away. You know, I one I don't know. I mean, like especially at the time, I, I probably know his Simpsons uh, likeness more than his real likeness at the time. And uh, I was know, about to say, wouldn't be able to exactly pick him out of a lineup right. kind of thing. Uh, but you know, yeah. So until they introduced it, I you know I had I didn't I couldn't tell who that was. But I just saw another guy join out. I you know, for all I knew, it was like you know someone from Death Cab or, or you know Tim Robbins or you know just some who knows. You know, I, I wasn't sure. I just noticed there was another person out there but you know i was just you know you know loving it and it really like i'm not gonna be like whoa 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 hang on a second what do we got going on here i just nope just just enjoying what i can so well again he at this point he doesn't look like the cover of frampton comes alive he's, right. he's a little gray haired and, and right. getting a little long in the tooth at this point mike gets very excited and ed introduces him Peter Frampton, an Englishman who is actually now an american and this will be his first time that he gets to vote as an American in this country. He lives in the state of Ohio. It's interesting because you, you get about my age or older and it doesn't seem like voting so exciting anymore and then to meet this gentleman who worked hard to get a citizenship and wanted to have a say in the country that he paid taxes in. And now, He's a proud brother. There's an example. That's what a proud brother is like. I think what they were trying to say is voting is the true act of love. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Cortez the Killer. I got a lot to say on Cortez the Killer because it's just one of the songs you hear from the opening chords. Like, you just, it's like, you know that you're in for it. You know that you're, you're kind of cinematic thriller. Uh, that sort of takes you through this journey. We talked about it on that Neil Jam episode uh, that we did back in August. Like, this is just, this is so classic Neil. They take a ride with this, and, and it's not something the band does very often, a 10-minute jam, essentially, and just another incredible moment from this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, always one of my top five, six Neil Young songs. It's such a good song, and 
they uh, they you know pulled no punches. They just kept you know they 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 killed it. They did awesome. Yeah, I really got nothing. It's it's not. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the unpopular opinion and say this is not a song that does it for me. That's yeah, that that that's a you thing, man. Yeah. I I yeah. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love it every single time. So, uh, I here here's the thing. Do you think it was a missed opportunity to not play Ohio, or is that just something that it needs to be done by? CSNY and that's it. Uh, no, I actually thought the same thing. I thought that they're in Ohio. It's his song. It's very, you know, very politically charged song. I, I you know, I mean, I didn't think of it at the time. I was just, you know, uh, again, just super excited. But, uh, but I thought of that when we went, when I, you know, last week when I went back and listened to this. It's just like, oh, that, you know, would have been a good place to throw that in there somewhere. So, because I know, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Neil Young do it by himself before. So, it's yeah, not, sure. It's not like it's only those guys doing it, you know. So, um, Neil ad- addresses the crowd. And says, Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for coming here tonight. Don't forget to vote. Tell your friends to vote. Anybody who's got a line can vote. It really will look good. See a bunch of young people start voting early and change this whole thing right now. Power is up here. That's a, a message that uh, needs to be stated again. You can vote early. I just got my absentee ballot in the mail today. I'm going to send it out tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's how we're going to do this because I don't feel like waiting in a line with a bunch of people that I know are probably not going to wear a mask. So I'm sending it in. And I, I think most of you, I think it's okay to, to request the mail-in ballot. I think it's there's still some time in some states. And also, if you're not registered to vote, make sure you get on that too, because in some states, I think the deadline is already passed, but there are states like Florida and Ohio, I believe, is coming up where in the next couple of weeks that you could still register. So just keep that in mind. If you're, not, if you're unregistered, this, this would be a good time. This would be a good time to do it. So, of course, we're going to end the show with Rockin' in the Free World. There's no other way to end it, but there's a big but to this. It is not Pearl Jam's Rockin' in the Free World. Not by a long shot. This is Neil Young's Rockin' in the Free World. This And this is just, this is classic him. And it almost, I didn't realize that we were going to get this version. I just assumed because it's the band, we were going to get a full band Rockin' in the Free World, that it was going to be this party experience. But no, we're going like, we're really, this is the shuffle. This is like Neil and his groove. This was fan-frickin-tastic. The house lights are on. Everybody's jamming. Ed just taking it all in, enjoying it all. Bradley, the last song of the night. What's what's up here? Like, you're, how stoned are you to, oh, yeah. you don't have to be stoned to <laughs> fucking love this, you know? No, yeah, I think uh, the euphoria that came over me earlier in the night kind of cleaned out my uh, any kind of buzz I had, and at that point I was just uh, just you know so happy to be in, you know in the building. But um, uh, yeah, no, I, I my little note card that I kind of made little notes on just note that yeah, it was, it's a slowed down, not even slowed down, but just a little bit slower than we're used to because you know at this point I've heard I've heard Rock of the Thrill by Pearl Jam more than I've heard it by Neil Young. And so we're just kind of used to that. But this was just, uh, yeah, like you said, it's classic Neil all the way. It's sure. just his song. It's his version of it. And they just, uh, um, 
yeah, just another one that they just, you know, it, like I said, the whole second encore just kind of just felt like a big party on the stage, you know, like they brought out guests, they just had, they just were, everybody was having fun and they, and you know, they all just played some good songs and, and it was, um, you know, a good time was had by everybody in the building. Yeah, I felt bad for, for Matt Cameron. He really wanted to bust out and and do the Pearl Jam version. He wanted to go fast. He just, you can tell, he just wants to start rocking out and, and going fast. But yeah, and I go back to that 89 SNL performance with Neil. That's that's the definitive rock in the free world for me, for him. But yeah, this one I thought was, it, it was too slow. It kind of took me out of it. Not not one of my favorite versions, but did you notice the little uh, the little tag at the end there? He the does a little bit of a, he does a little bit of taps. Yeah, I've never cool heard him moment and cool way to end the show. Yeah, I, I've heard him do like little variations because I think that was part of what Hendrix's uh, Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock was was kind of doing a little bit of of a variation of taps. So sometimes when Mike does the Star Spangled Banner, he'd do that a bit. But uh, this is the first time that they've done like the like just flat out straight up like and yeah that was pretty cool. Before we we finish, I, I just have to mention they changing up the thousand points of light part, uh, the kinder gentler machine gun man, and that's when Cameron does that fill right there where you, you hear on that that right on that note machine gun i don't know if neil is trying to like get the crowd to respond and chant uh back to him because he kind of pauses like there's a thousand points of light and waits for a moment to is the crowd going to hear back and he just kind of improvs and goes along with it but it's really cool the the way it all kind of comes about man they really made magic on this night so uh, this is a good way to close it out and now let's do some top moments from this show uh, let's have Bradley go first because I think his are the most important, and then John and I will make ours quick, and then we'll do ratings. Sure. Um, I I know you guys usually go three, two, one, but I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm just gonna go one, two, three here because one is. I mean, you really almost just say like one, two, three can basically just be the last kind of like half of the show or the last you know third of the show there or whatever. But uh, but number one for me would be Harvest Moon just because of how much it uh, like I said it meant to me. It's uh, it's gonna mean a lot more to me uh, in the next few weeks here. Um, number two, um, I would just say the rest of the the encore of just all the cool stuff. Um, I know I've mentioned before when we've had our chats that, you know, I'm not usually, you know, like I always would prefer a Pearl Jam song over a cover, but I got a lot of cool covers this time. This show had, you know, there were 10 total cover songs and uh, most of them I had never seen before. So, so at least, you know, if I'm going to see a cover, I'd like to see something different. So that was cool. Um, and then, and then just to bring it back for a la- for another one, that's, um, that's at least Pearl Jam related. I just really like long road. I thought long road was a, a, a great way to start the show. And it was a, a really good version of it too. So. Interesting, interesting. All right, I'm going to go number three, Harvest Moon. Number two, I'm going to throw in all of the punk rock covers, the American and Me, I Believe in Miracles, Bleed for Me. Those are going to be my number two. And then my number one's Black when when Mike goes off. It's it's a 10-minute version of Black acoustic. The juxtaposition of, of Stone and Mike playing, I thought was really nice, like like Randy, like you said. And yeah, that's that's... I've been loving these these classic versions of Black lately, and this one did not disappoint. I at first I'm like I I want all Neil Young songs, but I feel I feel bad just leaving leaving out a Pearl Jam bit. So I think for the Pearl Jam 
section of my top three. I'm going to go Wishlist. I think Wishlist was fantastic from the show. Probably my favorite Pearl Jam moment. Um, and then I'm like, I'm sort of torn between the three. I think I think Harvest Moon, to see all three of them out on stage like that, I, I think that's extremely important. I think Watchtower is one of the best moments. And I think Rockin' in the Free World is 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 one of the best moments of the encore too. So I'm like, I'm torn and I, I don't want to pick. So that's that's what you're getting from me here. I'm, I'm not even going to throw numbers at them. It's just going to be, maybe those are like, if I were to make a top three of Neil Young stuff, I think like, I would say Watchtower 3, Rockin' in the Free World 2, Harvest Moon number 1. I would probably say so, and then Wishless would be just the standalone number one of all the Pearl Jam stuff. So, all right, this is going to be interesting because because John, it didn't seem like you were very impressed with the guest, and I just you know I want to know how that relates into your ratings here. Does it does it impact it at all, or are you thinking more how important this is historically? What's, well, I was very impressed with Bradley. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Bradley did a great job. Let's let's think. And he's our guest today. He did a great job. Let's not never said anything short. about Bradley. <laughs> you said I never our said guest. Never said anything about Bradley. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Bradley. He did a great job. No, no, no I, will, I was uh, talking about. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll I'll do my Peter rating Francis. first because yeah, yeah, exactly. I will. I'll go ahead and do my rating first. This was tough for me um, because I get the the importance of it. And I think if I had been there, it would have been really, really awesome. Like I would have been totally down for the moment. Like Neil Young showing up, like I said, would have been a total shock that that gets something. But as I look back on it, like, I think this would have been one where like in the moment I would, but when I went back and looked like the next day, like you, you get only 21 songs, 23. If you include the preset, you know, 10 minute Cortez, the killer 10 minute rocking in the free world, 10 minute black, a long watchtower. I think you 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 put this up against some of the the classic ones, and I I can't I can't put this up there. You only get thirteen original Pearl Jam songs, and I said like this, so I I don't think this this measures up to some of the the classic shows that we've covered. And I I I'm fully willing to admit that's going to be an unpopular opinion. I'm going to give this a seven. Ooh. Whoa. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh that's interesting and different. Um, I'll put it that way. I hope people aren't, you know, in line to fight you. It's been a long time and since you bring it on. fought bring anybody. It on. <laughs> that's right. Brett Bradley's right across the ring from you, so I don't know, <laughs> you know, tag him in. Uh I I don't disagree with you that, you know, there was a lack of Pearl Jam original content here and what you get from Pearl Jam is pretty much a standard, you know, like what they would do in 2003 anyway. Like if you went to a couple of shows in 2003 outside of the covers, you would have seen all of the, all of these easily. Um, And I think they should have, because the Reading show. I know that they 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 debuted sad, so that was really important. They, I think they did a couple other things that uh, that were pretty important at that show that I can't remember that mo- in this moment. But I, I don't disagree that the Pearl Jam section was lacking something, and and you just want more from that because 
yeah, 21 to 23 songs on paper is not very impressive. However, from the standpoint of just looking back at how people see this and how people still talk about this today, and it's still revered as one of the most cherished of shows from this era, I think. You know, just because, like I said, it's not just a Neil Young appearance that you get, like, in Toronto 2011. This is Neil Young taking over the show, and it's really Pearl Jam opening up for Neil Young. So that does make it difficult, but it's also still a Pearl Jam show in that aspect. So I, I'm i not going to give it a 10, because if, the, if, if, if it was a 30-song set, and they mixed in, like, you know, a present tense and some no code and some yield and some, some of their classic, really good stuff. Then yeah, I, I, I would say this is easily a 10, but I I'm with you that, you know, I think that there just wasn't, there wasn't a lot of depth within the arena uh, to make this a 10. So it only docks half a point off uh, 9.5. This is very, very, very good and very, very important from the, from a historical standpoint, but our opinion doesn't matter because Bradley was there and that's what matters the most out of all of this because he lived it. We listened to it 16 years later. So no, I, I, 16 I years later, Bradley. Right. No, I agree with, with you guys though. I mean like really just, if you look at it from like long road through black, I mean, that's only, you know what, like 16, 17 songs. And it's almost like, um, kind of like a festival set where it's just kind of, it's short, a lot of hits, couple covers, you know, there was nothing, you know, there was obviously, you know, a lot of good aspects of it, but, but nothing that really screamed like legendary show until basically until Neil Young took over. And, you know, like you guys said, it is a Pearl Jam podcast. It is a Pearl Jam show. Um, so, you know, I mean, obviously it, my memories of it are, you know, um, you know, rank it, you know, high, but just as, a, as an actual overall Pearl Jam show, I still, yeah, I would I probably agree like somewhere between nine and nine and a half. Cause just, you know, like, I, I guess the way I would look at it is if, if I was going to tell somebody, Hey, here's a show you got to listen to. If you want to be a Pearl Jam fan, you got to listen to it. This probably wouldn't be towards the top of the list. Cause it wasn't, you know, it's not really, uh, you know, if, if they were a Neil Young fan, sure. I'd say, Hey, you know, check this one out too. But, uh, you know, but this wouldn't be one of the first ones I'd be, you know, passing along to people to get them into Pearl Jam or to, you know, really give them the, you know, the live experience kind of thing. So, um, so I, I completely get what you're saying. It's not my favorite show. It's still, you know, it's, it has a lot of my favorite things I've, I've experienced, but, uh, but yeah, that's why I got to give it like, you know, nine, you know, like, you know, maybe nine and a half, but uh, it was, it was, you know, again, great show. I, you know, I like it. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it being there, but um, I, I completely understand why, you know, uh, a Pearl Jam fan or just a, you know, someone who didn't experience it, just think of it as just a, you know, an average to a, a little bit better than that show. And it's uh, hard to argue with that too. I think those are extremely fair ratings and the way that we explain them are, are very fair. I think other people would probably just, be quick to, to make it a 10 and, 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 you know, that's, that's it. No, no arguments because this is, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with them. This is, this is very important in their history. And, and uh, like I said, you go back 16 years, people are still talking about this moment. This just celebrated an anniversary. People were still mentioning it like, Hey, you know, the election that year and the election this year, there it's still 
there's a reason why we were doing this. There's, it's, it's an important one for this date. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with uh, everybody's explanation there. So, all right. Without further ado, we have some announcements to make because we have some people that are about to win a free book. So we did two book giveaways. One was for the people that are kind enough to donate to our Patreon, and the other is for the people that are kind enough to follow us on social media. So the first winner that we'll announce will be the Patreon winner. And I just want to make sure I have the right information because I think I know the person. I do. And out of almost over half of the people that are on our Patreon that, uh, that entered, our winner for this is Clay Davis. All congratulations, right. Congratulations, Clay. Nicely, yes. Nicely done. Thank you. Good. Enjoy good, that book. Good friend of the show. He's going to get the brand new, not for you, Pearl Jam, and the present tense. It's a phenomenal read, and I know he's going to enjoy it because he's an extremely intelligent fan who's very passionate about the band. Uh, he's going to be on this show at some point in the future. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. We got to get him on. So happy for Clay. Thanks to everybody else uh, for you know entering and uh i really hope that you guys go out and pre-order the book it's still available for pre-order it's coming out next week so definitely get on that when you get a chance all right we have another winner to announce and that is a winner that comes from twitter so if you entered through twitter which uh through twitter all you had to do was uh you had to retweet it that was it just press one button it goes out to more people and over 100 people retweeted this out. Wow, that's great. And Thank you, guys. I am incredibly honored and humbled to have that happen. It was crazy to see how many people got involved. And we do have a winner that comes from Twitter. People from Facebook and Instagram also got involved. So our winner is Chris Kovensky from Twitter. So nice if he's not listening nice in... Congratulations. If you are listening in, congratulations. If you're not listening in, we will get in touch with him. Uh, our Bradley, thank you so much for coming oh, on. And Great stories. Thank the you. Stories. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, the like stories said, are oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah no, I'll, I'll, you know, thanks again for having me. Uh, congratulations to you both for the number 100 or however much you want to consider number 100. And uh, um, thanks again. And, I, you know, I'll stress to the listeners again, donate if you can. Do, you know, be part of the, the Patreon and uh, make sure you vote. I'm sure you guys will, you know, mention that many times over the next couple of weeks, but uh, get, I'll, I'll say it as well. Make sure you vote, make sure you get out there uh, and, you know, and when you're out there, wear a mask. So, you know, and that's another thing with the Patreon too, that you guys were kind enough to uh, give out some, uh, some nice giveaways with that, with some masks and everything. So another benefit of being on the Patreon. So, well, so again, thank you for bringing that up because yeah, we, we still have, so my mask left. So yeah, that we're just still going to be doing that. And thank you for bringing that up because I totally, I had forgotten about it. So yes, if you do join up to Patreon, uh, you will be sent a mask, and we would be honored if you wore this mask to the the poll booth if you go and vote. But if you are sending an absentee ballot, then we would be just as honored if you just wore this to go to the grocery store. So. 
we will send anybody that joins our Patreon from now until we get rid of these. You know, we have a bunch left, so no worries, no worries there. But they they do go by quickly. Uh, you will be getting a mask if you sign up to Patreon. So once again, Bradley, thank you for coming on the show. Toledo was a fantastic listen. Fantastic going back on Neil Young. Um, John, I'm going to run down what the month is going to be like because I feel like this is too important to just, you know, have this like stay tuned for for what's next from show to show. So I'm going to give them a little rundown. Okay. Uh, Next week, a show that maybe not a lot of people realize has political uh, uh, background to it, but Charlotte 1996 was actually a a rally for vote show. Uh, And there's an appearance from Gloria Steinem at that show. So that's extremely important that we'll get to. After that, it'll be the week of Pearl Jam 30, believe it or fucking not. Can you believe that? Do you believe that? Are you allowed to believe that? Whatever you believe. That week, we're actually going to have two episodes. We are going to do one for the regular platforms. We will do one for Patreon. The regular platforms will have Las Vegas 2000. Of course, that is the 10-year anniversary show. Uh, We will be joined by Brandon Palomo, the voice of the Better Man podcast for that. So we're very excited uh, to have him back because he's always a riot to have on the show. And uh, for the Patreon, the next day, since that's the Wednesday, the 21st, we'll release the Vegas show. The 22nd, we're going to be doing the off-ramp, the first ever show. We're going to release it on the 30th anniversary of it. The first time we can ever say it's the 30th anniversary of a Pearl Jam show and we're going to do it on the day. So we're very excited to get both of those things out to you. And and if you're thinking, what does Vegas have to do with politically charged uh, things? Well, there's a guy named Ralph Nader that we're going to end up talking a little bit about because uh, 2000 was the year of Ralph Nader. And uh, although it might not correlate with the show a little bit, he is very important for the time period. Very important for around this time period that we did today. The next week following that will be Nassau Coliseum 2003. Most of you know what that is. They got pelted with quarters after, you know, trying to start a conversation about George W. Bush. Everybody knows that one. And uh, like we mentioned before, we're going to finish it out. We're actually going to do an episode a little bit early. Uh, You know, the first week in November, we want to make sure everybody gets out to vote. So, you know, if if you're driving out out there to go vote or you're waiting online and and you want to listen to something in your headphones, we'll be out that Tuesday and we'll have our episode on Constitution Hall 1998. We're we're attempting a really good guest for it. uh, We'll let you know. Don't that's it's not set in stone yet the person said uh it's very possible that we can make it happen so let's uh let's hope hope for that and that will be on election day we'll have that episode out because really we don't want to put it out after election day because we're going to record it before so you know what's the sense in not knowing the result if we put it out after so all that makes sense all right i think this is time that we say goodbye to everybody thank you for listening in this might have been one of the more painful episodes to listen to audibly i don't know how the audio came out but hoping for the best really hoping for the best on this and uh once again go fucking vote people this may be the end we're here but not for much longer and although we may be parting ways i miss you already and i miss you always we'll be back next week for charlotte 96 thank you to john thank you to bradley thank you to mr neil young mr peter frampton mrs peggy young Good night.
and go vote. You may not live in a swing state, but you live in a swing country. You don't know what's going to happen after Election Day. Vote. Vote.